God. Let's give Jesus a great praise tonight. Hallelujah. How many are glad to be in the house tonight? No, I said, how many are glad to be in the house tonight? Praise God. I'm, I'm excited about tonight's service. I am excited in my spirit because I believe there's going to be some breakthroughs that occur in your life that's basically going to be like a launching pad as you advance into a new season for what God is preparing for you. How many are ready for a new day, a new season to be activated in your life? I want you to, uh, while you're standing, let's just go right into the word, Isaiah, the 61st chapter. And uh, I want to read... I want to read from three segments of scripture tonight, if you would allow me to do so. Isaiah 61, and I want to read four verses, uh, three verses, really. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. I need to sneeze and I can't do it. Do you ever have that happen? That's a tormenting thing. I'm right in the middle of my first scripture trying to be all professional and act like I know what I'm doing and I got to sneeze. And so I've finally, I think I've gotten delivered from it. Just pray for me, all right? Yeah, I'm nervous, I've never done this before. The stupid things you got to deal with sometimes. <laughs> Isaiah 61, verse 1. Let's go into the reading of the word tonight. We'll start over here. I'll just rewind the tape. Take two. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Second verse. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Or to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of vengeance of our God. Or the day of recompense. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now I want you to go back into the Old Testament a little further into the book of Exodus, the 23rd chapter. Exodus, the 23rd chapter. And I want to read from the 22nd to the 30th verses of that segment. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. Just read that with me. It said, and I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversary. 
Now, whether you know it or not, that's a good place to shout. I said, whether you know it or not, that's a good place to shout. You say, oh, pastor, that's Old Testament. It may be Old Testament, but you have to understand something about the old and the new. They reveal God's attitudes toward certain situations. And so God looks at it. If you have an enemy, then he is the enemy of your enemy, and he is the adversary of your adversary. Because if he's for you, he can't be for you and not against what is against you. Amen? So if he's for you, he in essence has to be against what is against you. If he is for you, he has to be an adversary to what is adversarial to you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen? We, we recognize we're up against spiritual forces and spiritual powers in this generation. And God is saying, I am the enemy of your enemies. And I am the adversary of your adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and I will cut them off. I will wipe them out. I will exterminate them. And now, uh, now let's move it over into the New Testament. When you begin to understand the spiritual forces that are coming against your life, you've got to understand it is God's plan to wipe the influence out of that spiritual power, whether it's the spirit of infirmity, the spirit of fear, whether it's the spirit of the destroyer, the spirit of the devourer, the spirit of heaviness. God's not for that because it's not for you. God's against it. And his ultimate goal is to exterminate it from your life. And thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. Oh, that's just a bunch of Old Testament stuff. No, stop and think about this. And thou shalt not bow down to their gods. The spirit of fear will cause you to bow down to things that you should not be bowing down to. The spirit of heaviness or grief or a spirit that attaches itself to things of loss will cause you to bow down to things or to be broken by things that God has no intention of you ever bowing down to. God did not call you to have the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. God did not give you a spirit of heaviness. God said put on the garment of praise in place of the sackcloth of the spirit of heaviness. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and, you shall, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. That's a real good place to shout right there. Now, I think you ought to give God a praise for that. Now, we know faith cometh by hearing, so let's read this together. And he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take away sickness away from the midst of thee. And there shall and nothing, and there shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren. Hmm. In thy land, the number of days I will fulfill. Now that simple scripture is saying 
that when your agricultural society, but he's saying in essence to him, nothing that shall come through the womb is going to die. Whether it's your cattle, whether it's your oxen, whether it's your own children, nothing that is coming through the womb is going to die. And you're not going to be barren. The animals of the field that are your flocks are not going to be barren. And the number of thy days I will fulfill. In other words, you're not going to die prematurely. Hmm. And I will send my fear before thee, and I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. I could just retitle this, Run, Devil, Run. Because it's about time we put the devil on the run instead of him pushing us back into corners and being on our heels. And I just like this verse. And I will send hornets before thee. Are there some folks you'd just like to see God send some hornets on? I mean, come on, let's just get carnally honest about it. Do you know some folks that you would just think it would be divine justice if God just loosed a whole herd of hornets on them? Uh, that's all I want to say about that. He shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hittite from before thee, and I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate. In other words, I'm not going to give you more than you can handle but I will progressively release it to you. And the beast of the field multiply against thee. By little and little, or little by little, as we would say it, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. So what did we get into last night? There is a day of vengeance. There is a day of recompense. And the day of recompense activates a year of favor and a year of favor will cause your life to be altered into a life of favor so the lord's saying right here listen i am going to deal with your enemies Now, let's, let's not isolate. He said, I'm going to be an enemy to your enemy, an adversary to your adversaries. Then he just keeps telling them, listen, I am gonna, I'm going to move these barriers out. I'm going to move these devils out of your way. I'm going to deal with the things that are in front of you trying to rob you of what I have divinely called you to be. Now, I'm not going to let everything happen. It's not like there's going to be a day of recompense and that in one day you're going to walk into everything. No, I'm going to activate it with a supernatural judgment against the enemy of your destiny. And then over the next 365 days, Every day, you're going to possess more of what God has divinely declared is your personal possession in the spirit. Then, what's going to happen at the end of that 365 days, God didn't return them to the wilderness or return, oh, Shundai. He didn't return them to the wilderness. He didn't return them to Egypt. He just kept letting them press in to where they ultimately possess the land that God's 
said that they could have. I've got some good news for you. I got some gospel for you. You need to hear me. There is a day that is at hand that God is declaring war on your enemy. It will activate a year of favor which will alter your life into a life of favor. Somebody ought to help me tonight. Mm. I know I'm just in the scriptural reading part. But now i got to read something else to you. Is it, are we okay? I know you're very fatigued. <laughs> but just, i just got to read this to you, and you're going to be so happy that when you sit down, you'll smile. Which for some of you, that would be a miracle. Now, I'm going to read this out of two translations. This is Leviticus chapter 25, verse 21. Now, I'm not going to get into a big articulate discussion about the year of Jubilee. But if you know anything about basic scripture, you'll know that every seventh year, God commanded them to let the land rest. Okay? Now, I, I, want, to take, I want to dummy this down a little bit. For me, not for you, because you're all theological intellects. But I just want to dummy this down just a little bit. God told them to do something. Just this simple. God told them to let the land rest. That was the commandment of the Lord. And if you will obey the commandment of the Lord, I'm going to do something. Okay, can we just kind of simplify? Maybe that's a better word. Let's just simplify this. Let's not get into all the articulates of how many days and how many cycles and all this, that, and the other. Let's just simplify this. God said every seventh year, let the land rest. Then, if you'll do what I tell you to do, if you will commit. Now, you'd say, well, then, yes, then. Because God made them make a commitment before the seventh year happened. In other words, if you go into covenant with me on this, I want, I want you to hear this. Because if you don't shout on this, it's because there is no shout within you. So now, if in the sixth year, Knowing that my will is to let the land rest in the seventh. If in the sixth year, before we get to the seventh year, you will be in covenant with me and you will say in your hearts, we will let the land rest. In other words, before we get there, we've already covenanted with you that we're going to let the land rest. Then he says, then, then. Then, then, not when you don't plant, but when you covenant. Not when you say, okay, we're in the seventh year now, God. Not going to plow, not going to sow, not going to do anything. No, in the sixth year. In the sixth year, 
looking at the seventh, you have said to me, I'm not going to plow. I'm not going to plant. I am going to obey what you have commanded, and I am in covenant with you on this. No, no, no. I know you've all heard all this jubilee preaching stuff before, but you're getting ready to hear something tonight that's going to rattle your world. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year. You know what's going on? I'm already telling God what I'm going to do in the seventh year in the sixth year. And God's saying, if I know your heart is clean on this, then I will command. My blessing upon you in the sixth year. And it shall bring forth fruit for three years. And ye shall sow the eighth year. So you can get back to sowing and reaping in the eighth year. Now, a lot of you are farmers, but you live in a farming community in many ways. So you understand when you put the seed in the ground, it doesn't mean you have a harvest yet. But when you sow in the eighth year, and eat yet the old fruit from the sixth year, oh my God, until the ninth year, until her fruits come in, and ye shall eat of the old. So I'm going to give you so much over here that it's going to take you all the way over here. No, when we start talking about the year of favor, and then you start talking about a life of favor, you better get something dialed in real quick. When God brings a judgment against your adversary, I know I'm making you stand for the reading of the word, but I am reading the word to you tonight. What starts happening is God knows your heart regarding the seventh year before you ever get there. And when he knows your heart about the seventh year, he starts doing things in the sixth year that's going to take you all the way to the ninth year. And you know what God's looking for? Is there anybody I can trust? Is there anybody that will covenant with me? Is there anybody that understands that I am big enough to take you from here all the way over to here? Oh, somebody ought to give God a shout in this house. Not just a year of favor, but the workings of a life of favor. Now, let me just ask you a question, and then I'll let you sit down. If the first time you made a covenant in the sixth year, and you saw God take you to the ninth year, 
with nothing but overflow. When we get to the sixth year again, it ought to be easy to let God take us to the ninth year. Oh, and then you get to the sixth year again. And he's like, this is no big deal. He'll carry me all the way to the ninth year with the blessing of the overflow. But what I've tried to show you is like all of a sudden, it's like seven years, 14 years, 21 years, 28 years, 35 years, 42 years, 49 years. Are you following me? What am I talking about? I'm talking about a life. I'm talking about a life. I'm talking about a life of favor. God anoint every ear to hear, every mind to perceive, and every heart to believe. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Let me take a commercial break. I have 31 copies remaining of my wife's newest edition of Shine. And the whole theme of the magazine is on grace. And when I say it's on grace, I'm talking about a balanced grace message, not some of the things that are getting to be commonplace perpetuated that are out of balance. But the whole magazine, in one way or another, reconnects to the revelation of grace. I have 31 copies of this magazine left. Uh, it's $10. It's $10. It's over, it's about 120 pages, full color. And if you've ever seen one of her magazines, you know it is absolutely five-star first class. Here's what I'm going to do. Because this church has stood with our ministry for 33 years. I never give my wife's magazines away. It's sort of a blasphemous thing. But I will give anything that's got my name on it away. So if you buy, there's 31 copies of it. The first 31 people that come to the tape, who's running the tape table? Let me see. Stand up. I want to have visual identification with you. If they buy this magazine, as long as they last, they can have one item off the table. I don't care if it's a 10 CD series on more. I don't care if it's the Reverse the Curse series, Restoration, or if I have some books left. One item. But if you buy this, it's a key that will unlock the windows of heaven unto your life. I have one series out there that I just want to say this, and that's all I want to talk about, is I want you to get the magazine. If you get this magazine, let me take this one out, because Pastor Phyllis already has one. You do. Okay. So get this back on the table. But there's one series, and I think there's only 10 units of it, if that left. It's called Reverse the Curse. And I do want to say this to you. I have pastored my church for 33 years. And when I, there's one message in that series. And I had our people come to me and say, Pastor, we've listened to you preach for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years. This was the single greatest sermon we ever heard you preach. And it's in that, it's a three-DVD series, but it's called Reverse the Curse. 
And if you, if you got it just for the one CD and paid full price just for the one, that'd be great. But if you get the magazine, you get it for free, and it will change your life. That's just that. There's only about 10 units of that. But all I'm saying, there's 31 magazines, and for the first 31, pay $10, and you can have $20 CD sets, $35 CD sets, because I want to be a blessing to you, but I'm not giving my wife's magazine away. Okay? Because i got to go home and see her tomorrow. And I'll say, I sold every one of them. They're all gone. <laughs> Amen. Are you happy tonight? Okay, well, go do yourself proud and be blessed. I'm not going to take long on this tonight because I've, I've really covered a lot of territory here already. But I want you to hear me on this. We are coming into a season that I believe we are going to see God declare war on the things that have declared war on us. The mission statement of Jesus is encapsulated in the 61st chapter of Isaiah, the first three verses. But what you have to hear me on in this is that we also understand in John 10, 10 is the mission statement of Satan. The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And then it goes back but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So what we have to understand, what we have to grab hold of here is that the Lord has a purpose on earth to see us come into a place of overflow. The Lord has a purpose on earth to see those that are grieving, those that are mourning, those that are afflicted, those that are oppressed, delivered and liberated. And the Lord wants you free. And the Lord wants you overflowing. But you wrestle not against flesh and blood. You're wrestling against spiritual forces. And I believe God is getting ready in your life to declare war on your enemies. Now, different ones of you deal with different things. Some of you, it's depression. Some of you, it's physical problems. Some of you, you've never been able to get ahead financially. Some of you, uh, you war with anger. Some of you, it's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. You have a spiritual adversarial force that tries everything within its demonic power to keep strongholds in your life to where you cannot possess what God wants for you. But God is getting ready to come against the unclean spiritual forces that have been trying to rob you of your place in full possession of the blessings of the kingdom. Are you with me tonight? I read some things to you last night, but in Isaiah 34, 8, for it is the day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of recompense for the cause of Zion, which in essence means to uphold Zion's purpose. Now, God had a purpose for his people Israel. God has a purpose for this church. God has a purpose for your personal life and ministry and mission. So we have to understand there is a day 
that God will begin to execute judgment against the spiritual forces that have been warring with you, which I believe will activate a year of payback. Because it said there will be a day of vengeance. Then it says there will be a year of recompense. How many are about ready for some payback? I'm talking in a good way. Come on, I'm talking in a good way. That God just begins to release things back into your life. The Bible tells us the second chapter of the book of Joel said, I'll restore the years that the enemy has taken from you. And we understand and we see how God worked in Joseph's life. And ultimately there was a day of judgment and a year of favor and a life of favor. And it was a massive high level payback. Amen. Let me just establish something here real quick and then we're going to move on. I want to read some scriptures to you because there is absolute faith-loosing power. Uh, One thing I just want to say to you is this. Many people read the word, but I think we all need to get into a more disciplined habit of declaring the word. Faith cometh by hearing. And many, many times we are reading the scriptures, but we are not speaking speaking the scriptures, and there is a power in the spoken word. So I want to read some things to you, and I'm just going to move through some scriptures, and I want you to listen to them. Psalm 5, verse 12, for thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor. Thou wilt, thou wilt compass him as with a shield. Number one, God says to the righteous, I'm going to bless you with favor. How many believe you're one of God's sons and daughters? You're one of the righteous of the Lord. Okay, Psalm 30, verse 5. It says, in his favor is life. Now, in some translations, it's saying his favor is for a lifetime. Oh, that's interesting. We've just been talking about that. Because I think some people feel that favor is some kind of Uh, It happens once in a while, and then you get a break here and there, and maybe you get a bonus on the job. I'm not talking about bonuses. I'm not talking about kind of temporary things. I'm talking about favor for a lifetime. Psalm 8411 out of the NIV says, The Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless and uprightly. See, now God's saying, what am I going to do? I'm going to bring favor and I'm going to bring honor to those that walk uprightly. Now, we want to act like it doesn't matter how we live, how we talk, how we interact with people, how we conduct ourselves. But God says, I'm going to release favor and honor to those that are blameless and walk uprightly. Psalm 89, 17 says, in thy favor... Our horn is exalted, or another translation, it says it more clearly. In thy favor, we are strong. Now, when you're walking in the favor of God, there is going to be a strength that comes upon you that is a result of the favor of God. Isaiah 49, 8 in the NIV says, in the time of favor. So there's a time. Of favor. There's a season of favor. I will answer you. 
God's getting ready, I believe, in the next 365 days to fulfill prophecies and answer you. How many are looking for some answers? We always say, I want an answered prayer. What you're wanting is an answer. I want God to respond to my supplication. I'm wanting God to respond to my request. And the Lord is saying, in the time of favor, I will answer. Well, what's the time of favor? Just start watching God be an enemy to your enemies, an adversary to your adversaries. And the doorway connected to that is the time of favor. Mm, about to bless myself. Now, when you, when you look at favor, I want, I want to just give you something real simple. But here's a simple defining thing. Favor is to afford advantages for success. So when you start moving into the favor of God, God is affording you advantages for the result of success. Because whether you get this or not, God is more interested in you succeeding than many of you are interested in succeeding. God gets no pleasure out of your failure. God does not get pleasure out of ministry burning out. He does not get pleasure out of churches going bankrupt. He does not get pleasure out of Christians seeing their businesses or their careers going under. So the Lord is saying to us that I want favor. I want to afford advantages to you for success. Hmm. In Psalms, the third chapter, in the fourth verse, it says, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. God, God wants you to have favor first in his sight. And when you have favor in his sight, he is going to cause you to have favor in the sight of men. Joseph did not have favor in Pharaoh's sight first, he had favor in God's sight first. And then that afforded him advantages for good success. In Luke 2.52 it said, In Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now how could Jesus increase in favor with God? He was the son of God. He was the seed of the Holy Ghost. But yet it said he increased in favor with God and with men. Well, if Jesus had the ability to increase in favor with God and men, how much more should we have the ability to increase in favor with God and man? Hmm. You go to Acts, the seventh chapter, in the ninth and the tenth verse. And let me turn there real quick. Everybody okay? I'm just kind of laying all this out, and then I'll swing from the chandelier for a few minutes. Acts the seventh chapter, the ninth and the tenth verse. And it's talking about Joseph in the New Testament. And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. And delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom and gave him and gave him, and gave him 
favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now, gave him favor. Favor is a gift. You know, we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't move prophetically because I earned it. It's a gift. We were saved by grace. You know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But God's saying here, God gave Joseph favor. God gave Joseph favor. So he walks into the presence of Pharaoh, and he's come out of a jail. And Pharaoh should have been at least a little bit edgy about him because he was bringing him out of a jail. And he walks into the presence of Pharaoh, and God gave him favor. And God's gift in Joseph made room for him. And then Joseph says, okay, I'm going to tell you what the dream means. And now I'm going to tell you what you ought to do next. I, I, I humbly present this business plan to you that you're going to have seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. But I want to give you a business plan. You've got to get somebody to manage the seven years of plenty that you will be able to sustain the nation but you will prosper more in the seven years of famine if you manage the seven years of plenty. And you got to get somebody that will run this. And he said, I found him. It's you. And instantly he was made governor or prime minister or he was made the second most powerful man basically in the world and he changed his garment out of the humble garments that he was in and put on the finest fabrics of Egypt. And all of a sudden, Joseph has now moved from the day of vengeance to the year of favor, which resulted in essence into the life of favor. Now, Joseph never again had to worry about prison Never again had to worry about his brethren. Never again had to worry about being sold into slavery. Never again had to worry about some whorish woman lying on him. Never again had to worry about anything. It was all behind him because God made an enemy out of Joseph's enemies. Now Pharaoh, I mean Potiphar's probably thinking, oh Lord, have mercy. That young man I put in jail, what's going to happen to me now? Then his brethren come down and they say, oh, now they find out Joseph is, is alive and in power. And they're all th kind of thinking, oh, do, do we have our insurance paid up? And we're going to die and we're going to die a horrible death. And Joseph just looks at him and he said, I know you had evil in your heart. But God took your evil and God turned it to good that many people could be saved. But what happened? God had a judgment day. God had a vengeance day. God had a day that said, I know you've been through hell on earth for the last 13 years, but today is the beginning of the payback. And when it was all said and done, when Joseph breathed his last breath, he was one of the most powerful and wealthy men of the planet earth because the favor of God was on him for a lifetime we don't need a moment of favor we need a life of favor 
And it doesn't mean that even in the midst of favor that there won't be some fire, there won't be some dark places, there won't be some challenges. But David walked in favor, but David still had some dark places to get through. He still had some fires to get through. He still had pressures to get through. But when it was all said and done, David gave in essence the equivalent of not millions, but actually billions in gold and silver to the building of the temple and they didn't even call it David's temple. They called it Solomon's temple. It should have been David's memorial temple. It should have been the house that David built. It should have been, Lord, they put a big plaque on the wall. Do you know how much David gave to build? And David drew the architectural plan. And they called it Solomon's temple. David didn't care because David was walking in the bounty of a life of favor. David understood what it was to be in the cave at Adullam. He understood what it was to be in the cave after the, the burning of Ziglag. He understood what it was to lose his friends, to lose everything he had. But then watch God in the snap of a finger activate a day of recompense. And he recovered it all. And then after he recovered it all, he got David's spoil. And he was so blessed with David's spoil that he blessed 13 of the elders of Judah. What am I driving at here? God is not just about giving you a moment. God is about giving you a life of favor. Mm. Exodus 3.21 says, I will grant this people favor I'm just going to do it I get to thinking Lord tells him held him in been in the darkness of slavery they've been held captive under the Egyptian monarchy working in the mud pits building the pyramids doing all things they're doing and then God sets it all up and the day of vengeance came. Are you with me? I mean, we talk a big time, big time stuff. And then finally, God told him through the power of the blood, I'm going to protect Israel. But the firstborn's going to be dealt with in Egypt. And so then Moses, under the direction of God, he tells him now, uh, we're getting ready to get out of here. So I just want you to go to all the people in Egypt you've had relationship with and just tell them you'd like their jewelry, their clothes. Are you with me? Their gold. You know, I'm not going to read all the scriptures on it. You can do that in your own personal time. And so... Now here you got uh, Brother Bubba Stein knocking on the door and saying, hey, uh, you know, my wife, you know, used to work for you, you know, did the laundry and the ironing, you know, took your kids and walked your dogs and, you know, did all this. And I was wondering, you know, would you mind just letting us have your gold? And 
my wife, there was a really pretty blue dress your wife wore. She really, really, I, 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 what about that dress? She'd really like it. And I was noticing that suit you had on the other day, and I just really think I'd look good in that. And, uh, and you had some real beautiful emeralds and rubies. And, uh, you know, I got a bag here, you know. Uh, would you mind just filling it up? Because we're getting ready to get out of here. And uh, I, I just thought it'd be nice if we could get out of here with something. And the guy goes, yeah, sure. This is crazy stuff. And the Bible said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, and we're just walking around always thinking we're going to be rejected. And the Lord said he gave Joseph favor, and then years later, they're walking up and just saying, you know, I, I, I like your gold, your silver, your precious stones, your beautiful fabrics, and they're just filling up the bags. Now, we don't understand why other than the sovereignty of God, but God gave them favor. And we're sitting around with some Christian persecution complex. And we're always feeling like everybody's going to push us away and reject us because we're born again. We're filled with the Spirit. If we'd really let the light of the presence of God shine, I'm not talking about being some highbrow, beating people over the head with your Thompson chain edition. I'm talking about just loving people and the glory and the presence of God. And did he just look at you and say, hey, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I want to pay that church building off. Or I don't know why I'm doing this, but uh, I want to invest in your company. And, and you don't even have to pay me back. I just want to help you because I believe what you're doing is blessing the community. And I, and, and I don't know why I'm doing it, but uh, there were six people that are more qualified than you, but I think I'm going to give you the promotion. And when I give you the promotion, I want to give you a big bonus. And, uh, and I want to sign a contract with you that you're going to have this job for the next 20 years. You say, oh, that can't happen. Listen, we're getting ready to come into a day of recompense. We're getting ready to come into a year of favor and the year of favor is going to activate a lifetime of favor one year of divine intervention in your business in your career in your ministry in your family could change the course of the next two generations the bible said a good man will leave an inheritance for his children's children Now, let's go back to Leviticus, and I will be done, even though you don't believe me. Let's, let's look at this. Now, all God said is this is what I want you to do next year. In the seventh year, this is what I want you to do. Here's my commandment. Here's my will. Here's my promise. That's all I want you to do. But before they got to the seventh year, they said, we're in. We're in. And you can fake people out, but you can't fake God out. And God knew the heart of the nation. I said, all right. Now, I command a blessing. I command a blessing. Now I'm really going to do this good. I command 
a blessing. Now, things started happening. Instead of the sheep birthing one sheep, they birthed three. Instead of one ear, there were six ears of corn. Are you following me? Everything started coming under supernatural multiplication. And it's like, Lord, have mercy in the sixth year. Uh, we're going to have to hire, we're going to have to work 24 hours a day in the field to bring the harvest in. And, and, and the, you talk about the, the, the wine vats overflowing and the oil overflowing and the crops overflowing. And God's saying, okay, now this is how you keep it because Joseph taught you how to preserve it. You think about this. Years and years ago, he, taught, he showed you what to do when there was a surplus. And, and so they, they started storing it. They used what they needed to use. They stored. They saved. They weren't eating all the corn. They weren't eating all the seed. They were just, they, they took whatever they needed. But then in the sixth year, stuff just crazy stuff started happening. Somebody that had a hundred sheep, by the end of the sixth year, they had 500 sheep. People that had uh, uh, 500 oxen now had, uh, they had 2,000 oxen. And, and they're going, my God, what's going on here? And now we got to rest. We worked so hard in the sixth year, bring it in this harvest. We need a break. And they're resting in the seventh year, but they're not worried at all about what they're going to eat. They're not worried about having enough to take care of things and in the seventh year and then they get into the eighth year and now we got a plant you know the the ground hasn't had any seed in it we weren't allowed so now we got to sow the seed and God said well you still got enough from the sixth year so go get you all the way through the eighth year and it'll take you as far as it needs to take you till the harvest comes in in the ninth year now I want you to listen to me on something. God hadn't changed. The problem is, we're always trying to let God know why this can't happen. And the Lord's saying, I'm the God that then I took one 17-year-old boy it got dark, it got hot, and he was under a lot of pressure. But I brought him out, and the day of vengeance took place. The day of favor was activated, a year of favor, then a life of favor. And I took him in the snap of a finger from being a nothing to being the second most powerful man in the world. Say, well, that's, that's kind of extreme, Pastor. Well, it may be extreme, but it is showing you God is able. And then God, God takes Joseph and he teaches Joseph how to manage the overflow. And I know one thing, when God activated the declaration that I'll command a blessing, they were putting into action things that Joseph put into the culture of Egypt 400 or so years before. But what's happening now, God is looking at them and saying, hey, this is no big deal to me. You got to understand something. Some of the stuff you think is a big deal for God isn't just 
just a big deal to God. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. And when he brings you through the process of transformation and brings you through the metamorphosis of dealing with the darkness, the stress, and the pressure, the other side of that is favor. Now, I didn't come all this way just to jump up and down a little bit and wave a hanky. I came all this way to you, and Pastor Dosik always introduces me as the prophet of the house. Now, I can't, I can lay hands on all of you, but I, there's no manageable way for me to stand and prophesy over every person individually and personally. But I have given every one of you a word. And I'm not just giving you an expository teaching of the Bible. I'm giving you a prophetic insight that this is something that God is proclaiming. And God is proclaiming to you, I am getting ready to be the enemy of your enemies. And I'm getting ready to activate a year of favor. I'm getting ready to do some things uh, that is going to be supernatural that will alter the course of your life. Philip, you will see some things happen over the next... 365 days in your church in Kenton and you will see some things happen that will direct the course of the next years ahead of you. You will see in essence in the sixth year God do something uh, that in the seventh year it'll carry you and in the eighth year it'll continue to carry and in the ninth year it'll continue to carry Some what I'm trying to get you to see is some of you are getting ready to tap into some multi-year miracles. I'm not preaching to you to quit your jobs. I'm not preaching to you to sit around and do nothing. But I'm preaching something to you that God's getting ready to take the pressure that you have been under and transfer it and transform you to a point of coming in to a place of favor that instead of every moment of your life being filled with fears and worries and anxieties and stresses and pressures, you begin to walk in faith and say, Lord, have mercy. It, uh, God is faithful. God is making a way where there seems to be no way. God is opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out blessing that there's not room enough to contain. It's not just about your money. It's about your family. Some of you lay awake at night worrying about your children and your grandchildren. Some of you look in the mirror every day and say this disease is ravaging my body. It's taking life from me. And the Lord is looking at you and saying I am the Lord that is going to give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I am the Lord that is going to, to take the ashes off your head and put a garland of victory around about your brow. I am the Lord that's going to wipe the ash off your face and put the oil of gladness on you. I am the God that is going to comfort those that mourn because I am declaring a day of vengeance and a year of favor over your life. I'm just not here to do some expository teaching on Isaiah 61, which I'm well able to do. I'm here to get you and challenge you by faith in your spirit. If God 
was big enough once to bless them so much, to bless them so much. Now let's think, okay, it's 2000 and I was looking at my watch, that was going to give me the date. (laughs) It's going to give me the date, but it's not going to give me the year. So we're in 2018. And in 2018, God does something so incredibly miraculous that, let's, let's make sure we do this right, that it carries you into 19, then it carries you into 20, and it carries you into 21. Oh, pastor. Well, wait a minute. He's the same yesterday. Today and forever. So, in essence, let's say the first time this happened was 18, 2018, and it carried him to 19, carried him to 2020, carried him to 2021. But we know he did it again, and we know he did it again. And we know he did it again. If you want to study all the Jubilee cycles, you go right ahead. I don't have time to get into all that. It, but he did it again, and he did it again, and did it again, 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 and he did it again, and he did it again. And I think, uh, I, I know there was 50 cycles of it that I know of. What, what I'm trying to say to you, if he was big enough to do it once, and then he was repetitive and repetitive and repetitive, and repetitive why is he stopping now I have fought through more stress more fire I have preached full time for 46 years and when I say full time I don't mean I preached a sermon in youth group and three years later preached again. In 1972, I began to travel this nation. And from 1972 to 1978, I averaged preaching 500 times a year between live appearances, radio, Sunday mornings, revivals. I have been nonstop for 46 years. And the last five years, the devil's tried to kill me from stress, from pressure, from trying to keep the doors open, trying to fund the purposes of the kingdom of God. Now, you shouldn't be preaching this. Oh, yes, I should, because my day of vengeance is at hand. God is getting ready to restore years. God's getting ready to activate payback and recompense. You say, why? Because I am looking for that moment when God totally manifests himself as an enemy to my enemies because I am not the same man I was five years ago. I am a different man. I have come out of the fire. I have come out of the stress. I have come out of dark places. But I'm standing before you 
you today saying I am who God says I am. But you got to get something with me. I am looking for that day that I see the power of God touch the earth from heaven. And God said now the year of favor that is going to activate the rest of your life in favor. And I'm getting ready to see God do something. And I believe it's going to happen this year. I believe over the next 365 days, I'm getting ready to see God do some things that is going to flow to 19, flow into 20, flow into 21. And instead of being broken under pressure, I will arise and you will arise and your pastor will arise and Holy Ghost churches are going to arise and we'll say, God, you are the God of more than enough. I'm, I'm, I'm done here. Miracles. Multi-year miracles. I don't know if I've heard anybody say it like this before. I don't know if I've ever said it like this. Multi-year miracles. Things that you'll look in 18 and say it happened in 18. But now I'm over here in 21. <sighs> and I'm still shouting over what happened in 18. Yeah. Now, I got to fight through all our attitudes. I got to fight through my own attitudes sometimes. But if God could do it back then, under the blood of an Old Testament covenant. How much more? Under the blood of the new covenant. I, I just wonder. I just wonder sometimes. All God said was here was what I want you to do. It's just that simple. Now. What I'm looking for is in this year, you will covenant with me what you will do next year. And when God saw the heart, he just said, I'm going to command a blessing. Peter Dosig, I'm going to command a blessing to only believe ministries. L.B. Rossler, I'm going to command a blessing over you and your ministry. Business people that are here tonight, I'm getting ready to command a blessing over your careers and over your businesses. I'm getting ready to do something. Oh, I know I'm out here on a limb. I'm out here on a limb. But I'm going to command a blessing over you and over your wife and over what you put your hand. I'm going to command it. And it's going to have such an impact that you'll look back 
And you say, man, I'm still living off the blessing of 18, but it's now 21. I'm, I'm preaching to tens of thousands of people and it was paid for in 18. But I'm doing it in 21. I'm, I'm buying equipment to broaden our reach. And it's not 2021, but God loosed the miracle in 2018. It's just now. God told me what to do with all that. And now it's 21. I'm expanding my company because of what happened two years ago or three years ago. And all I did was say, God, I hear what you want me to do. And I'm going to do it. And the Lord said, your heart's clear and clean. I command a blessing. Your heart's pure before me. I command a blessing. Your heart's clean before me. I command a blessing. And yea, the Lord would say, this year, I am commanding a blessing. And in 2021, you will still harvest what I shall do in this year, saith the Lord. Shetaba, lift your hands up toward heaven. Lift your hands up toward heaven. And I say to thee, my son, this year, the Lord thy God, as you have cried out before me, as you have prayed, as you have said, God, I will not move forward unless you go with me. As Moses said, show me the glory. I say unto thee, my son, this year, the windows are opening. This year, in strange, unique ways, I am setting the stage for the next three years, saith God. I say even unto thee, I shall put resources in thy hands, not just for next month, or not just for the fall, or not just for the first quarter of 2019. I will begin to release resources for 2020 and 2021 for the Lord would say it shall drip off thy spiritual beard the anointing of overflow and it shall impact the businessmen and businesswomen of your church it shall impact companies that you shall come into contact with and I would say unto thee fret not over thy tomorrows for I am the Lord 
that has given thee a gift of favor with me and with man. Prepare thyself, saith God, for the doors shall open that no man can open. The doors of the nations are open, but I shall open the doors of treasure houses, saith God. I shall open the doors of resources, saith God. And without stress and without drama, I shall put in thy hands what you need to fulfill the next you are coming out of the birth canal you are coming into a new light you are coming into a new level of purified oxygen in the spirit you are coming into the tasting of new foods that you have not tasted of and hearing sounds that you have not heard before and I say unto thee it is a new season it is a new season and as the baby is birthed it smells things it did not smell in the womb it will hear things it did not hear in the womb. You shall smell the presence of the Lord thy God. You shall hear the voice of God like you have not heard it before. And you shall walk in a favor that does not come from works. It comes from a gift that I would give thee. I am sending it to thee, saith the Lord. It is wrapped in my glory. It is bought by my blood. Open it, walk in it, and see the impossible become possible, saith God. Somebody praise God. Stand to your feet all over the house. Prophetic ministry preaches words that are words that are out of season. In other words, we're talking about springtime in the winter. Are you with me? Uh, we're talking about summertime in the fall. But there's a season shift that's coming. And the message is going to begin to shift. I want you to hear me this in the Holy Ghost. The message is going to begin to shift. There's a raising up of a generation and they will come from different places in different nations, but they're gonna to begin to preach a message that America has turned its back on. But it's a message America is going to turn back to. And it will be a message of power, a message of deliverance, a message of miracles. I'm telling you something, this lightweight, this silliness that has possessed the church is getting ready, this spiritual insanity that has almost possessed the church is getting ready to break off of it. And the mind of the Spirit is coming back to men of God. The mind of the Spirit is coming back to the sons and daughters of God. And there is a remnant army, you hear me, there is a remnant army that God is raising up. There is a Gideon's 300. There is 120 in the upper room. There is a 70 elders. There is a 12 disciples. Disciples. There is a three in the inner circle. Uh, I'm trying to get to you. It's not made up of the millions. It will be.
be perpetuated by favor seeking men and women of God that have been in the pressure cooker they have been in the fire they've been in the pressure they have been in the place that is dark but we're coming out of the birth canal and the light is coming the fresh oxygen is coming a new food is coming new sounds are coming we're going to walk again we're going to dance again we're going to shout again we're going to live again and the joy of the Lord is going to be our strength the day of vengeance is at hand and the year of favor is upon us and a life of favor is overtaking us if there's one person in this house that believes what I preach it I wish you'd give God a shout of victory tonight get out of your seats from where we're at in the building and come to the front of the building all over the house from the back rows to the middle sections to the side aisles wherever you are just pressure get your toes all the way down to the steps there's a lot more people here than you think there are just get yourself down here God is getting ready to loose something on the front of this building of the glory of God my God this big guy in the red shirt you better get ready because you're going to storm the gates of hell you're going to break the back of the devil the enemy should have taken you out years ago but he couldn't get to you because God had a hedge around you even when you were running from God but God said there's deliverance in your hands there are miracles in your hands there's anointing for a generation in your hands and you're never going to be the same again saith the Lord of hosts somebody praise God somebody praise God somebody praise God with me hallelujah power of the Holy Ghost is getting ready to set down on the front of this building power of the Holy Ghost is getting ready to break yokes of grief off of people the ash is coming off your heads the ash is coming off your countenances the sackcloth we're going to rip it off and put on the glorious multicolored garments of praise you better get ready you better get ready you better get ready some of you are going to leap for the first time in a long time some of you aren't going to need special music to dance the dance is coming back into your feet some of you that have been living in pain for the last months and maybe even years you're going to feel your back snap crackle and pop you're going to feel the pain and the suffering leave your body give me some more microphone please the presence of god is getting ready to sweep down over this place i'm just not talking about to the elderly i'm talking about to the young lions i'm talking about to the mature oak trees i'm talking about to those of you that have served him for decades something's getting ready to shift something's getting ready to 
break and you're going to walk in the spirit you're going to have dreams you're going to have visions you're going to get business ideas not in the boardroom you're going to get it in the prayer closet you're going to have favor overtake you you'll walk into the offices you've walked into a hundred times before and they're going to say I don't know what it is about you but there's something about you and I'm getting ready to do this and I'm getting ready to do this just like Pharaoh went to Joseph get ready for your garments to change get ready for the oil to start dripping across your brow yokes are coming off of you yokes are coming off of you yokes and burdens are coming off of you if you're filled with the Holy Ghost start praying in the Holy Ghost right now start praying in the Spirit right now the power of God the power of God the power of God all through you tonight the power of God all through you tonight the power of God all through you tonight God, I declare new wine. I declare fresh oil. I declare the power of the Holy Ghost all across. I'm touching some of them, but the hand of God is touching you right now tonight. In Jesus' name, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Somebody bring God anointed. Power of God. Power of the Holy Ghost. Presence of God. Power of the Holy Ghost. Power of the Holy Ghost on your son. Power of the Holy Spirit on your woman. Breakthroughs. 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 Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. God into the second row, into the third row. God, right now, let the power of the Spirit of God fall. Let the power of God fall. Let the power of God fall. The anointing. Hallelujah. Every burden removed, every yoke destroyed. God is an enemy to your enemies. He is an adversary to your adversaries. God, I declare miracles and breakthroughs. Miracles and breakthroughs. Lift your hands up. Start praising God. Healing anointing. Miracle anointing. The call of God. The presence of God on you tonight. Jesus of Nazareth. Touch him tonight. Touch him tonight. He became a Makotaya. Oh, mother of fresh strength. He's renewing your youth like the eagle. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Power of God all through you. Get ready. Power of the Holy Ghost. Power of the Holy Ghost. All through you, sir. God, touch him right now. Touch him right now. Come on and praise him. 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 Power of God all through you. Power of the Holy Ghost all through you. Power 
of the Holy Ghost. Power of God. Power of God. Hallelujah. Miracles. Miracles. Breakthroughs, Almighty God. Breakthroughs, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. God, I declare the blessing of the fear of God. I declare the day of the Lord's vengeance be upon and for your sons and daughters. Come on, give God a praise. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. Pastor Phyllis, I've got to pray for you. Make a pathway for the First Lady. Power of the Holy Ghost get ready to rest on you in a fresh new way. And here is the word of the Lord. I shall restore the years. 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 For the purposes of God are yea and amen. I've got to, I've got to read this again. And this is yours. I've got to find the right one. Oh, my God. Say to the fearful of heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even with a recompense will he come to save you. My God. But there's another one I've got to get to you. Well, here it is. For it is the day. What is today? Is this the second, the third? August 3rd. For it is August 3rd, the day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of recompense for the cause of Zion or to uphold Zion's purpose. But this is God's word, for it is August the 3rd, 2018, the year of the Lord's vengeance and the beginning of the year of recompense for the cause or to uphold Phyllis Dosick's purpose. And I say unto thee, my daughter, I shall do what you and your husband have prayed and fasted for it shall be in a three faceted level resources are coming from sources you never thought it would come physically thy strength shall be renewed and thy youth shall be renewed like the eagle and I would say even unto thee any working of fear that has tried to take hold is being broken saith God and the faith and the faith and the faith that moved the mountains through the years shall arise in you except it will be different because you are coming out as a diamond from the fire from the pressure from the heat you are coming forth as a new creature and when you come forth saith the Lord the enemy I have declared war on him. The adversary, I have declared war on him. And the blessing that I am loosing shall carry thee for years to come, saith the Lord. Somebody bless God. Stay with me. Stay with me. 
I'm trying to be good, not get too radical. Was it her sister I prayed for the other night? Oh, you're right there. Well, I told you, yeah, yeah, what LD just reminded God, the last day I just wheeled around, I said, there's a teaching anointing, and the enemy's tried to steal that. But you're moving forward. You're going to get back to where God's an enemy to your enemies. God's an enemy to your enemies. And I, and I want to say something to you. Power and the presence of God's getting ready to come on you. And, and I, I want you to, I, I want to challenge you to dive into the first three, four verses of Isaiah 61. I really want you to dig into it. Not just read it, read it and then declare it. But not only read it and declare it, but I want you to dig into it. Because there's a word from heaven for you. And the Lord wants me to say one simple thing to you as well. The ash is coming off your head. The ash is coming off your countenance. And you're going to rip off the sackcloth. And you're going to put on the garment of praise. You're going to rip off the sackcloth. And you're going to put on the garment of praise. Now, I'm going to say it again. You're going to rip off the sackcloth and put on the garment of praise. And what's going to start happening, you are getting back. You're going to go back to go forward. But you're going to go back and do what you know and have known since your teenage years that God had anointed and called you to do. And you have let hurts and you have let grief and you have let loss steal the call. And the Lord said to tell you tonight in all of my user-friendly rhetoric, the Lord sent me to tell you to get back on the horse and ride the race again. The Lord said, get back on what I've anointed you and I've called you to do. There has been a person. There has been a person. There has been a person that has said horrible vile things about you and it has caused you to quit now if you think I'm up here guessing get up here and guess a few and I want you to hear me tonight God is shutting their mouth and God told me to tell you as far as you are concerned, he is an enemy to your enemy. And the enemy is going to fall on their own sword. Now listen, I, I don't say stuff like this just to be talking, but the Bible tells us not to touch the anointed of the Lord. This person touched the anointing of God on you, and in touching that anointing, they have loosed something against their life that the only way it will be reversed is to repent to you. But the Lord said, what you have allowed to happen has been the robbery of the gift and the call. You're the only one that can rise up and step back into what God has anointed you to do and say, if they want to judge me, let them judge me. If they want to criticize me, let them criticize me. If they want to make fun of me, make them make fun of me. But the Lord said, if you will rise up, I will rise up by your left hand and rise up by your right hand.
Here we go again. Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And the depression is breaking off of you tonight. Somebody give God a someone that is pastoring a church this is a word for every one of you the spirit of heaviness is coming off of you the grieving spirit is coming off of you and you're getting ready to put on your garment of praise you're going to have a Holy Ghost party I'm telling you you're getting ready to have a Holy Ghost party here at Only Believe I, I don't know I, 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 I see a service getting ready to happen and I'm getting in trouble now meddling but I see a service getting ready to happen and I see you all dressed up I see you in suits and ties and tuxedos and beautiful glittery gowns and, and you say oh pastor what are you talking I see celebration going on in this church uh, some of you are going to start getting miracles like you've never had happen before the joy is getting ready to be restored health is getting ready to be restored getting ready to be restored uh, and you're not going to be able to do anything but shout you're not going to be able to do anything but dance you're not going to be able to do anything but bless the Lord I believe the garment of praise is coming on you saith God hallelujah 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 just grab it up to heaven and say, I'm pulling mine in. I'm pulling mine in. I'm pulling mine in. Say, My God. The Holy Ghost is so strong down here right now. But Jesus is walking through this crowd. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know how to say it. God is walking through the midst of you right now. And some of you, you don't need my hand right now. You just need to reach out. Say, I'm ready. Break the yokes, the fetters. Fears coming off of people. I'm trying to, but it is Friday night. Y'all weren't even out partying when you're in the world this time. You're just getting ready. But Handarabakoshaya. I want you to hear me tonight, the Holy Ghost. I want you to hear me tonight. 
it's, it's sweeping all over this room. A few, a few months ago, God began to speak to me about five mountains. Five mountains. Five mountains. And he said, the mountain of the spirit of infirmity, the mountain of the spirit of grief or heaviness, the mountain of the spirit of fear, the mountain of the devourer, and the mountain of the destroyer are getting ready to be moved. And, and he said to me, what's your name, son? What? Rick. Rick, he said to me, he said, but the only way they're going to move is if you speak to them. Pray all the time now. I speak to those mountains. And I'm telling you something the spirit of heaviness is moving. The spirit of fear is moving. The spirit of infirmity is moving. Anything that brings mourning into your life is moving. It is the day of the Lord's vengeance. And I rebuke the spirit of fear. And I speak to the mountain of fear. Be thou made a plain. And I rebuke the spirit of heaviness. And I command it to be made a plain. And I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. And I command it be made a plain. And destroyer, hear the word of the Lord. Who art thou, thou destroyer, that would dare to defy the armies of the Most High God? Be thou made a plain. And devourer, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth Mountain. Of the devourer, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. Be thou made a plain in the name of Jesus. Somebody praise God tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, while you're all down here, I want to talk to you for just a minute. Now, those of you that have been in my meetings understand something about me. I don't operate in compartments. There's not the preaching compartment, then the ministry compartment, and then the offering compartment, and all of that. It's all cohesive. It all is synthesized. It all fits together. To produce good and last night I challenged people and there was many of you that were here last night that I challenged to sow an $88 seed to believe God that you were advancing into a new season and many many people came forward and that challenge is still there because I felt there'd be 120 people that would do that and I believe that there are many of you that are here of that group and I'm going to talk about that in another moment I pray I don't get in any trouble with anybody, but there's a moment in time that I've just got to hear God and I've got to obey God. You know, I'll need there's just sometimes you know God's speaking and you just got to do what God tells you to do. And I had this thing will not leave me tonight because I believe there, I, I believe there's at least eight people here tonight that you're right on the verge of some things. And 
you're going to have to step out and you're going to have to do something by faith. And it may be a sacrifice. But I'm telling you something, God's going to activate some favor on your life for your business, for your career. And I'm a pastor. I understand. This is one of the most kind, generous, giving churches that I've ever had the honor to preach in over the 46 years that I've preached. But one of the reasons that I believe pastor wants me to come here is that he knows when I hear from God, whether it's in an offering or whether it's in ministry or whether it's in the word, that I'll speak what God gives me. The last person on the earth that I would ever want to hurt or do anything in their church that would cause a problem I wouldn't want to do that anywhere, but definitely not here. Your pastor is my closest friend. But God told me there was at least eight people here tonight that for the sake of your future, you need to do this. And he said to sow a seed of $500. I'm going to take about 100 seconds, but I want to tell you something. I am not just preaching a sermon. I am preaching a word. And I believe that many of you are standing at a place that if you will just do what God tells you to do, you will see what I have preached about begin to manifest. If you're one of those people, meet me down here, right here, right now. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing a game right now. I'm under... I'm under a miracle anointing right now. If you're one of those people, I'm taking about 100 seconds. Say, you don't. I felt there was eight. The eight represents new beginnings. This is no gain to me. This is no gain to me. You don't have to have the offering in your hand. You don't have to have it prepared. You can go back to your seat in a moment and prepare it. But I need you to be down here. I need you to be down here. You've got about 45 seconds or so. And I know you've got to press your way through the crowd. But I'm going to take the time. Say, I, I, it's a sacrifice. It may be a sacrifice. Some of you, just a simple act of obedience. I don't, you know, sometimes it's just hard to obey God. You know, sometimes it's just not convenient. That's why the oil and the meal, it wasn't convenient. If he'd have come three or four months before, it may have been no big deal. But at that moment, it wasn't convenient. If you're coming, come quickly. This is just what the Lord spoke to me to do. Now, many of you just need to go obey God and say, I'm, I'm going I'm to sow that $88 seed. I'm believing for a new beginning. God dealt with me about it, and I'm going to do that. Are all hearts clear? Make a way. People are coming. If you're not giving it, at least give a pathway. <laughs> don't, don't blockade, folks. Praise God. <sighs> took my Bible and took my notes. Lord, have mercy. I heard about, yeah, I know it. I will send you such a blessing 
in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant in the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest from the ninth year comes in. There's some miracles getting ready to happen for some of you people. Now, which ones are you are giving? Because I got a lot of answers. One, you two together. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. forget you Mike I think you were the first guy to ever pick me up from the airport when I preached here thank God they only sent Randy once they sent Randy to pick me up I'm at the baggage you know it takes you to get your baggage in and I wait and I wait and I wait my bags are in and this is before cell phones so I go to a payphone. I call Pastor Dosick I said hey was I supposed to rent a car you know, what's the plan here? Nobody's here to pick me up. I said, well, Randy's there. I said, Randy's not here. And this was before all the security kept you going to the gates. This is ancient history. All of a sudden, I see Randy running down the hallway. He looked like O.J. Simpson, you know, jumping over things. I got to talking to somebody down there at the gate, and I missed your flight coming in. So I asked Pastor Dust, I said, I'll, I'll come preach for you anytime you want to. Just don't send Randy after me. <laughs> Lift your hands back up if you're giving this. Give me my notes back. And I will send you such a blessing, or I will command, in the KJV it says command, LD, that, that'll preach, just in case you wondered. I will command you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years while you plant in the eighth year you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest from the ninth year comes in. All I'm saying to you is you need by faith to believe God that some miracles are going to happen in your businesses, your careers, your ministries, whatever it may be, that when you look back, you'll say in 2018, God did something so miraculous that I'm living in the benefits of it a year, two years, three years later. I declare the day of vengeance is activated. I declare the year of favor is activated. And I declare life-altering blessings are coming upon every one of your futures. Eric, I know I prophesied over you, but you better tuck that scripture away in your spirit. Because it's going to manifest. It's going to manifest. Mike, that scripture is going to manifest in your life. Different ones. And Gerald, restoration of years is coming. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. That, that church up in Kenton, better get ready. Better get ready. Careers are getting ready to come under supernatural faith. I want everybody in this room that's at the front, I want you to lift your hands up. I don't know what seed you're going to sow tonight. 
It might be $20. It might be $50. It might be $88. It might be $153. You might just be bashful and not want to come down here and say, I'm going to do what you've asked these others to do, but I'm giving tonight. And I declare in the name of Jesus that the windows of heaven are opening. I declare the devourer is rebuked. And I declare crazy, supernatural favor is coming upon you, a year of it, and a life of it in the name of Jesus. Somebody give God a praise tonight. Glory to God. You watching? You can slip back to your seats. Son in the red shirt. Man, there's three of you down here. Is this your first baby or? Oh, Lord, have mercy. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That's a frightening thought with six children because that could be hundreds of grandchildren. But God's going to bless you. I don't know if you own a business or you work for somebody, but I'm telling you this seed is more than just another offering. And there's a lot of people that stood down here, but I'm telling you something, you're going to look back to 2018 in the month of August and say, I sowed a seed. And you're going to begin to see, you'll look back and say, something started on that third day of August for my children and for my grandchildren. And God said, overflow is your future. God said, fear not. Everything your family shall need is already being supplied in Jesus' name. Start preparing your offerings, whatever they are, whatever amounts they are. It's the $88 seed, the larger offering that I asked for, whether it's uh, just some something you feel God wants you to give. But... I want to ask you a simple question. You don't have to give me a numeric answer. How much more money does your ministry need a week to do what it really needs to do? Because I command a blessing. I command a blessing for your future in Jesus name glory to God I'm going to do something tonight that I don't normally do and I hope you don't think there's anything weird about it I do this almost every Sunday at my church but they're used to me there it's been a good night it's been a good night and I know it's it's not that late don't forget, I, I need 31 women to go back there and buy those magazines. Okay? Because i got to be able to go home in peace. But uh, the Bible talked about this. And I just simply want to do something to conclude this tonight. The Bible talked about this. That whenever they would bring a sacrifice to the temple, they would bring it and they would present it to the man of God. And I know this is a little gross, but then they would slit the throat of that sacrifice and it would die. 
and then they would put it on the altar and burn it. Basically, let's move it into this day. Whenever you give, you release something that was alive to you and now it is dead because you have released it. But every time they brought sacrifice, there was something connected to the sacrifices that released certain blessings. I'm believing for miracles for your future. And if you would honor me tonight, I would like to simply touch the seed you're bringing because that's what the priest did in the Old Testament. He literally put his hands on those offerings and it became dead to that man or woman, but it became alive to the work of the kingdom, but it released blessing. And so if you would do this tonight, I don't think I've ever done this in 33 years here, but I really feel there's a significant moving of God in the seed sowing in this service. And if you will do that, when you come, just before you put it in the container, let me just put my hand on it and declare overflow.